Section 21 of the Watergate Report, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Final Report of the Senate Select Committee on Presidential Campaign Activities, Volume 1. Chapter 3 use of the incumbency responsiveness program part one introduction and overview a significant aspect of the select committee's investigation was its inquiry into the administration's programs to use the powers of incumbency to re-elect the president documents obtained by the committee indicate that this effort which had as its main vehicle a white house devised plan known as the responsiveness program was an organized endeavor to politicize the executive branch to ensure that the administration remained in power the scope of this effort was broad and its potential impact considerable it included for example plans to redirect federal monies to specific administration supporters and to target groups and geographic areas to benefit the campaign it entailed instructions to shape the legal and regulatory action to enhance campaign goals it comprised plans to utilize government employment procedures for election benefit not only were such plans laid they were in part consummated although departmental and agency resistance to campaign pressures limited the success of these endeavors particularly in regard to the expenditure of federal monies concerning certain minority and constituent groups were there flagrant abuses of proper governmental procedures some of these abuses appear to stem from the improper involvement of campaign officials in governmental decision-making several federal civil and criminal laws appear applicable to the conduct described in this chapter in fact a question exists whether the planning and implementation of the responsiveness plan rises to the level of a conspiracy to interfere with the lawful functioning of government conduct prosecutable under eighteen u s c three seventy one as a conspiracy to defraud the united states as that term has been interpreted by the supreme court the evidence presented below is not exhaustive while the staff has interviewed over one hundred and fifty witnesses and reviewed thousands of documents respecting these matters it has not been able because of time and staffing limitations comprehensively to cover all possible areas of investigation this is particularly the case since the responsiveness program was intended to pervade the entire executive branch including regional offices the select committee believes however that the account presented below is a fair and accurate statement of the parameters of the responsiveness program certain actions taken under its aegis and other related conduct it makes this assertion with confidence because much of the evidence obtained respecting these matters is documentary the account below consists largely of excerpts from the plethora of documents uncovered by staff investigators the principal documents are appended to this report as are certain relevant executive session transcripts the committee's report on these activities concludes with certain legislative recommendations designed to restrain future misuse of federal resources for political purposes two 
early manifestations of administration's interest in using the incumbency to affect the re-election effort throughout nineteen seventy one members of the administration and the campaign team which began to form in may nineteen seventy one displayed a studied interest in using the resources of the federal government to enhance the president's re-election chances john dean testifying in executive session before the committee on june sixteenth nineteen seventy three expressed the concern relayed to him by h r haldeman as to the activities of the white house staff Quote, it was probably in summer of nineteen seventy one to the best of my recollection that mr haldeman began discussion with me what my office should and could be doing during the campaign he told me that all the officers in the white house were having discussions and were being told the president's wish was to take maximum advantage of the incumbency and the white house would reshift itself from the current duties to focus very much on the re-election of the president End quote. the statements of mr haldeman and ehrlichman during committee interviews on january thirty first nineteen seventy four and february eighth nineteen seventy four respectively also indicate that the president was interested in using the resources of the federal government to best advantage in the re-election campaign the testimony of patrick buchanan discussed in chapter two of this report provides another account of the administration's early interest in utilizing the incumbency for campaign purposes this interest is revealed not only by testimony of witnesses before the committee but also in numerous documents prepared in nineteen seventy one a sampling of such documents follows one on january twelfth nineteen seventy one jeb magruder then a white house staffer submitted a confidential eyes only memorandum to attorney general mitchell regarding political activities in the white house in nineteen seventy the memorandum concluded with the following paragraph under the heading resource development Quote, our administration has not made effective political use of the resources of the federal government the rnc the white house and outside groups and corporations in developing the structure for the campaign proper use of these resources should be a primary concern at the outset of the planning End quote. two magruder apparently at the attorney general's request began an examination of the utilization of federal resources by others in the presidential campaigns on april fourteenth nineteen seventy one he wrote a confidential memorandum to dean which began quote, it has been requested that we determine what use presidents eisenhower and johnson and vice president humphrey made of resources available in the federal government for campaign purposes quote. dean's assistance in this project was requested less than a month later on may sixth magruder reported his interim findings to mitchell in a confidential memorandum entitled utilization of government resources by general eisenhower president johnson and vice president humphrey his conclusion as to president eisenhower's campaign was quote, during the actual campaign no use was made of the white house or the federal government to specifically work on the campaign other than the normal support activities given general eisenhower through his position as president 
magruder however concluded that employment of federal resources by president johnson and vice president humphrey was more extensive Quote, under johnson it has been indicated that he made considerable use of the white house staff and individuals in the departments to work on the campaign at the present time i have not been able to get any specific information but hopefully will have more concise information in the near future before the convention humphrey used many people on his vice-presidential staff as well as individuals who were employed by the cabinet committees he was in charge of to work specifically on the campaign many individuals remained on the government payroll after the convention and continued to work exclusively on the campaign as an example the individual who headed up his veterans activity was employed by the veterans administration and remained with the v a throughout the campaign some use was also made of the research facilities at the census bureau End quote. because this committee's mandate is limited to an examination of the nineteen seventy two campaign no effort has been made to substantiate or refute magruder's allegations magruder ended his memorandum to mitchell on a cautionary note quote, one reason why both johnson and humphrey had an easier time than we would have in this situation is that the control of congress was under the democrats and my information is that it was difficult for the republicans to make much of this issue on the hill on the other hand if we used these resources in the same way johnson and humphrey did with the control of congress in the hands of the democrats they could make this an issue from a public relations standpoint it would seem best to restrict the use of government employees to one direct assistance for the president and two to help develop strategy they should not get involved in the day-to-day -day campaign functions End quote. three magruder however on may seventeenth nineteen seventy one sent gordon strahan a white house staffer working for haldeman a confidential memorandum on political use of the white house computer and on june fourteenth nineteen seventy one he forwarded to william horton a june third nineteen seventy one confidential eyes only memorandum to magruder from william timmons of the white house staff which read quote, as you know preston martin is head of the federal home loan bank board he is a california nixon republican and is a little put out that nobody has sought his political advice apparently he has given a great deal of thought to and designed a sound economical plan to use federal resources projects contracts etc for advantage in nineteen seventy two he has graphs maps flowcharts etc to show how available money can be directed into the areas where it would do the most good very scientific i am told while i have not talked to preston i think it would be valuable for you to chat with him about his plan the memorandum to horton which was also designated confidential eyes only suggested that horton see martin and quote, plug this into your project end quote. the nature of mr horton's project is discussed in detail below item six this section mr martin has stated to the committee that he never devised a plan to use federal resources for political advantage and the committee has not uncovered additional evidence that establishes the contrary four 
the concern respecting use of federal resources to effect the election is reflected in communications among other white house and campaign staffers two confidential eyes only memorandums from peter millspaugh a white house political aide to harry dent to harry fleming of the campaign staff dated may twelfth and june twenty third nineteen seventy one are instructive the memorandums indicate that certain white house and departmental personnel were meeting to consider the use of government resources particularly government patronage in the campaign the may twelfth memorandum states quote, a consensus emerged that the range of federal resources must be inventoried and analyzed with perhaps the federal grants area broken out for priority treatment because of the immediate benefits and some budget cycle timing considerations additionally the matter of a delivery system which would put these resources at our disposal on a timely basis was considered to be imperative End quote attached to the june twenty third nineteen seventy one memorandum is a document listing the basic types of patronage that could be employed for campaign purposes this document is quoted in full text quote, the basic types of patronage one jobs full-time part-time retainers consultantships etc two revenue contracts federal government as purchaser gsa grants do good programs eda model cities nsf research etc subsidies needy industries airlines etc bank deposits all federal accounts social need programs direct benefit to citizen social security welfare etc public works projects three execution of federal law resides mainly in the department of justice whose interpretive power touches every vested interest four information and public relations capacity a professional question mark public relations office in each department and agency constitutes an enormous public information apparatus five travel domestic transportation can be provided by law foreign travel international conferences etc are available five a significant document that reflects administration interest in nineteen seventy one in employing federal resources is a june twenty third nineteen seventy one confidential discussion draft entitled communicating presidential involvement in federal government programs prepared by william horton of frederick malick's staff this document is also important because it appears a forerunner of the responsiveness program concept discussed in the next section of this chapter horton prepared this paper under the supervision of malick who had received a request from haldeman to consider how the grant-making process could be used to the president's advantage the memorandum's initial paragraph recommends that quote, the president's direct control over awarding selected grants should be strengthened to ensure that political circumstances can be considered if appropriate in making awards it then states to ensure politically sensitive grant applications receive appropriate consideration two basic steps must be carried out 
one determine which grants are politically sensitive and two ensure these grants receive positive consideration from obm and the departments End quote. under the heading determination of politically sensitive grants horton wrote quote, this step should be accomplished in a manner which minimizes the risk of unfavorable publicity and falsely raised expectations therefore the possibilities of surveying all pending grant applications or soliciting the opinion of congressional and local nixon supporters were rejected identification should rely on routine contacts with various white house and campaign officials for example supportive senators and congressmen usually inform the congressional relations staff of pending grants which are politically important to them state and local representatives contact various white house officials in a similar manner all these inputs should be passed along to gifford for consideration by the grant coordination group based on past experience the most politically important grant applications are usually brought to the attention of white house or campaign officials however especially important localities where no appropriate grants seem to be in process will be checked in the grant initiation process covered below this identification process will generate more grants than could be or should be given special consideration consequently priorities must be set the memorandum then sets forth a procedure to ensure that the most recent political information and campaign priorities are considered in selecting must grants under the heading initiating grants horton stated quote, in addition to designing must grants from pending applications there may be occasions in which political circumstances require a grant be generated for a locality once such a locality is identified by the campaign organization the coordinating group would decide what kind of grant would best meet the needs and available program resources a campaign representative would then inform the appropriate local official what to submit when submitted it of course would be designated a must gifford must rely on the departments to follow through on must grants under their jurisdiction to accomplish this a network of departmental coordinators should be established these individuals must have two prime qualities loyalty to the president and sufficient authority to ensure must grants are approved and departmental announcements of all grants conform to the guidelines discussed subsequently the memorandum continues gifford must be flexible on pushing a must grant in case it turns out to be substantially irresponsible or an obvious waste of government funds relative to other pending grants in such cases gifford should weigh the substantive drawbacks and risk of adverse publicity against the expected political benefits consulting with others as needed he should then make a final decision on whether the grant is to be approved also in order to minimize the risk of embarrassment to the president the volume of grants designated musts in any one department should be limited gifford should make these judgments on a month-to-month -month basis drawing naturally from the grant coordinating group and the departmental contacts End quote. 
it may be a fair reading of the last quoted passage that mr horton is recommending that in some cases grants that are substantively irresponsible or an obvious waste of government funds relative to other pending grants should be made if the political reward is sufficiently great both mr horton and mr malek disagree with this interpretation see malek executive session april eighth nineteen seventy four the Horton memorandum apparently was transmitted to Messrs. Mitchell, Haldeman, Magruder, Gifford, Millspaugh, and Fleming, among others. Malik has insisted that this document was nothing more than a discussion draft, as the first page of the document indicates, and was not acted upon as outlined here. Malik does not recall that he criticized Horton for the ideas therein presented he does not recall that disapproval of this document was expressed to him by its various recipients to the contrary the memorandums of transmittal for this document found at malik exhibit number eight generally indicate approval of and interest in the program horton advocated moreover as will become clear in the next section many of the specifics horton posited were incorporated into the responsiveness program a plan largely devised by horton under malik's direct supervision this ends section twenty one